process. morning. It is uh, always good to be in front of people. My, uh, my gift in life is, is talking. Just if you ask my wife and my children, they'll, they'll certainly attest to that. So it's great to be here today. Uh, thank you for all uh, showing up, not only for this event, but how you show up day in and day out in terms of uh, pupil transportation. I promise I didn't have too much coffee. This is not a, if there is any such thing. You know, I, um, uh, like uh, April said, my name is Robert Pardon, and uh, before we get started, I always like to get a, a sense of the room. Uh, some of you I may have seen before in my travels, others not, so a show of hands, keep your hands up. Is this, is this the first time um, you've ever heard me speak? Raise your hand. Um, or if you've never heard me speak, keep your hands up. Not bad. Not bad. Who doesn't like to start out at 100%, right? And uh, I'm no different. <clears throat> I do a lot of reading in, uh, for personally and professionally. And I was reading one day where it said that every one out of three people, you'll like this statistic, Every one out of three people, they're either amazingly uh, good-looking or absolutely intelligent. One out of three people. So, I want you to look to your left, and I, I want you to look to your right. And if no one's on your left or right, look in front of you. And if it's not one of them, then it must be, it must be you. So uh, give yourself a round of applause for being absolutely brilliant or amazingly uh, good looking. Now, uh, I've, been, I've been speaking publicly for 30 years and, um, and really every time I speak, um, I'm, I'm humbled that someone would ask me to come and share um, thoughts with them. And, and this is especially true today. Uh, I've known Mike since um, uh, 1998. And um, back in those days, I was still living in California. I was a, worked for a company in uh, Victorville, and we did field trip management software and, and, uh, uh, and vehicle maintenance software. And at the time, Mike was a field trip coordinator at Clark County School District in, uh, in Las Vegas. And this was back in, I think we figured out, 1998. And, uh, and we hit it off then, and we've maintained friendships over the years. Uh, just so you know a little background of me, you know, I've never driven a bus, I've never turned a wrench, I've never routed a bus. Um, but I did work for Versatrans, so I understand routing and planning and, and run optimization and all the challenges that are faced logistically every day to do what a, an ordinary school district does, right? But you're not ordinary, you're extraordinary. I mean, just looking at some of those numbers um, just automatically complicates what you do and it takes a, a great logistical effort to, to, to accomplish that. Um, 
But after working for vehicle maintenance, I worked for Versatrans, I introduced Zonar systems, the handheld pre-trip device, anyone aware of that? Yeah, I actually introduced that to the country back in 2003. I worked for Gatekeeper, uh, Fortress, so I, I understand uh, mobile video surveillance. So I've got an idea of, of what you do, even though I've never done it. And, and, uh, and, and not to diminish anyone in this room, uh, but if you're a school bus driver, man, my hat's off to you. Uh, what you do, yeah. You know, what, what you do day in and day out um, is extraordinary. Um, I rode the bus twice. First day of school in seventh grade. I lived in Cabina. And uh, first day of school on the uh, eighth grade. Both experiences weren't very positive because <laughs> I was asked to not ride the bus the, the rest of the year. Um, if I only knew I had ADD back then, I could have probably still ridden, but in those days. So I have had opportunity to see Mike and, and many other people over the years as a member of Casto and Casbo and, and uh, working in the industry with regional shows. And so um, I do have a sense of, uh, of what you do day in and day out. Um, and, and I appreciate you and everything that you do. And, and, um, and where's uh, Tim Ortega? Where's, where are you at? 30 years, man. I tell you, bro, that's, that's, that is unbelievable. That is amazing. And matter of fact, this is, this is one of the things I like about life. When I, when I pulled up into the parking lot, I didn't know where I was going. I haven't been to this campus before. So who do I ask for directions? Mr. Ortega, right? So, so even, even I, unconsciously, intuitively knew to go to the most experienced person in this room. And, uh, and so thanks for the help, my friend. I uh, was able not to get lost. Uh, you know, and, and I do want to, uh, you know, thank Mr. Waters and, and Ms. Barrett for being here. You know, having district support from the top down um, makes, uh, makes a big difference. Now, in conversations with Mike and Bruce, Bruce was telling me that uh, this, uh, there's drivers, there's planners, there's operations, there's mechanics, supervisors, obviously transportation director and the support staff there. Um, so as I speak to you today, and we're going to go through some things, some concepts, some of you you're already relating to, others may be new. Um, so as you consider the things that I'll present to you today, what I want you to do is sort of consider them from, number one, your personal position, your personal standpoint, um, and then the people most close to you within that role, and then the transportation department uh, as a whole, and then the district at large. You know, in conversations with, uh, with Bruce and Mike again, we started, I think, in, uh, towards the end of June, we started talking about this opportunity and really got a sense of uh, what they would want the message to be and the best way to encourage you and, and add to your development. Now, fortunately, to, to my benefit, um, everything we discussed are, are things that uh, I have worked on for personal development and, and public speaking uh, in that last 30 years. And, if there's anything I've known, and I heard this about 2005, 2006, 
that good is the enemy of best. Think about that for a second. Good is the enemy of best. And I had a great opportunity to have some dinner and some time with Eddie last night, and thank you for that. And uh, Mike came in and we chatted for a few extra minutes. And, uh, you know, as, as Eddie and I were talking about this, this, this idea, this notion that good is the enemy of best, it simply means we're never done. We're never finished. Whether it's my role as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, as a trainer, as a friend, I'm never done. There's always something more for me to learn. There's always something more for me to understand. I can always be a better husband. I can be a, a better friend. I can be a better father. And it's not to say I lack in those areas. But to say that I'm finished in any of those areas is to not pay full respect to the people that I engage with. So consider that um, as well. Most recently, prior, prior to this opportunity, um, I developed a, a training program for a major bank and it's called uh, Daily Mindset. And in this training, I, I discuss how to manage your day uh, so that at the end of the day, you can be as positive and powerful as you were when the day uh, started out. And, and again, that's not easy for you, as, especially drivers, because you're out there every single day dealing with people who don't understand how much you care, right? Um, I've been around long enough to know that you're not overpaid in this role that you take on. And whether you're a driver, a mechanic, a supervisor, operations, you're not here for the money. There's something about you that says, I want to make a difference in the life of children. You know, some of the children that you transport um, don't have it real easy at home, right? Mom or dad maybe not get along, or there's just a mom or there's just a dad. Many of them don't have a full meal by the time they see you, right? Things happen along the way for a number of these children. And, and yet... You need to be as positive and as fresh and as caring on your last outbound run as you were on your first inbound. And that's just the way your job and your role goes. So one of the things that I discuss is, is called um, PMA. Anyone ever know what PMA is? PMA is positive mental attitude. Now, I know, I'm not naive, that PMA isn't the, the end-all to, to be-all. Um, I found it really humorous, uh, Zig Ziglar, who's the late, great Zig Ziglar, one of the greatest motivational speakers and authors of really all time. He, uh, he says that, uh, he says, I know that no matter how positive I am, that I am a great surgeon. The last thing you want is for me to operate on you, right? So, just because we have PMA doesn't mean we can do everything. But I guarantee you that everything we can do, we can do better with a positive mental attitude. Uh, today's talk is entitled, We Not Me. And I love the whole teamwork concept about this. It just sort of evolved. And it's we, not me. So during our time, we're going to discuss things like the team concept, uh, gratitude, and really one of my all-time favorites is a, is a, uh, a phrase uh, 
called a rising tide lifts all boats. Anyone ever hear that before? A rising tide lifts all boats, which is really interesting. It's a, it's a very powerful and empowering phrase. And it actually came about back in 1963 when a gentleman by the name of Ted Sorensen, he was a, uh, an economics advisor for JFK. And they were looking for ways to stimulate the economy and get some growth and some energy into America. So they were talking about how to fund this and make that happen. Well, my hope and desire for, for us today is that we understand how to take something like a rising tide lifts all boats, take ownership of it, understand it, adopt it, and see what difference it makes uh, uh, in our life. And I really think that as we, as we understand some of these things, it, it increases my personal power. And who doesn't want more personal power in their life? In our personal responsibility to those we serve and, and the department at large, and really how it affects our personal performance. I really think that when those things are in alignment, it's a natural transition for the me to go to the we. Because none of us are gonna get out of this with the degree of success that we want without it going from me to we and understanding what teamwork really means. So let's take a look at gratitude first, right? I love the dictionary because a lot of the terms I don't understand or not as full as I'd want to. So for Webster, the definition of gratitude is an emotion of the heart excited by a favor or benefit received, a sentiment of kindness or goodwill towards a benefactor and thankfulness. So recognizing the things that are going on in my life and pushing those out to, to those I come in contact with. And what it does for the we is based on what it does for me. So we are eternally grateful, internally grateful uh, for the benefit of our job. And, and that shows that we, as we express it outwardly to the people we work with and the people we, uh, we serve. And I really believe that everyone wins um, when I decide that what I'm receiving, I can be grateful for. Grateful is an emotional thankfulness that helps, it strengthens and further promotes the we. Now, it's really easy to be grateful for the obvious, right? When we, when we get the raise or, or someone's sick and, they, and, and now they're well, or we get to drive an air-conditioned bus, right? Whatever, whatever it is, those big events in life that encourage us in our work and, and away from our work. I think more importantly it is to find the smaller, more incremental things to be grateful for. Because quite honestly, it's rare, it's rare to find something big to be grateful for that wasn't made up of smaller areas to be grateful for. And when I can understand what those things are throughout the course of my day, then I can carry this attitude of gratitude with me regardless of where I'm at, what I'm doing, 
because it's happening throughout my day. I'm not waiting till I get off work at five o'clock to be happy. I can be happy at one in the afternoon. Any time during the day that I choose to be grateful, I'm saying I'm looking forward to, to the next thing. One of my, one of my favorite mentors uh, in, the, in the quality movement is this person by the name of Stephen Covey. And um, Stephen's passed away by now, but he was a, a psychologist and he had a remarkable insight into what it takes um, to become the most we could be for ourselves so that we might become more for others. Again, me to we. How can I be the best version of me so when I sit down with anyone else, we help promote even more so what we have together? Um, Principle-centered leadership. Inside-out approach to change in quality. First things first are just some of the things that Mr. Covey wrote. One of the most effective things that he wrote is the seven habits of, of highly effective people. Anyone ever read that or come across that material before? It's really transformational information. Now, when I, when I think of the team concept and the things that I've learned from people like Covey and, and Zig Ziglar and Napoleon Hill along the way, um, I, I often refer to some of the things that Stephen teaches about team. Now, there's a number of uh, acrostics for, for team. Um, one of the things that I came across years ago is team stands for together, everyone adds merit. Together, everyone adds merit. When, when we do that, we, we're drawing on the opportunity to become what is called aligned, right? Alignment is so critical to machinery as well as to us as well. It's, it's essentially a position of agreement or an alliance in proper positioning. Now, I know that we have some mechanics in the back there and, and Matt's a mechanic and whoever else in this room, but a mechanic will tell you that certain equipment won't operate effectively unless it's properly aligned. Some equipment won't operate at all unless it's properly aligned. Equipment wears out quicker uh, and it doesn't perform well while it's misaligned. Um, and this is best illustrated from a practical sense um, with tires on your car. Do you ever notice the uneven wear pattern of a tire that's not properly aligned or rotated? Something happens to the tread wall, which actually makes that vehicle unsafe to drive. And they will wear out quicker, which will cost you more money. So even in the area of our vehicles and what we do here, how much more important is understanding alignment when it comes to me as a person? Right? The equipment is only going to do what the equipment does. So that needs to be aligned from a mechanical standpoint. But if I'm not aligned, and again, taking Stephen Covey's approach to an inside out to change in quality, my effectiveness is always, always, always going to be minimized or not at all. 
So what do we do? We, <clears throat> we start at the personal. And I was sharing with Eddie last night. We start the personal. I start with me. And then I go to the interpersonal, which is Eddie and me. And then based on my department, I go out to what is called the managerial. And then based on that relationship of being alignment, now I can go to the organizational, which will be the district. If any one of those pieces is not aligned, how good are we going to operate? How good is teamwork going to be if we're not in alignment? Now, here's the challenge with that. I can't control whether or not April decides to be aligned. She's been here 30 years. If she wasn't, she'd have been gone a long time ago. So I, I, I'm confident she is. But what, what I can control is whether or not I am. I can control if I am aligned or not. And if I am aligned, I might not be able to change whether or not another person is, but I can affect them toward that change. And once everything gets aligned, things make a big difference in terms of how we feel about what we do, how we feel about who we are. Because who likes to be in disagreement with someone? Not me. And I don't think you do either. So to help ensure that agreement between me, another person, another group, and an opportunity at large, it all starts here. It all starts with taking personal responsibility. And I really love the simplicity of the approach. And, and here's another constant for you. Whether we agree or not, whether you think this is a true statement does not stop it from being true. Everyone in this room today, regardless of what you do, part-time or full-time, mechanic, driver, planner, router, no matter who you are, what you do, every person in this room affects the entire department. Every person. So what I bring today helps define or affect in a positive or negative way the department. Some people's influences is more profound and, and, and some people's influences maybe a little bit more subtle, but it's all influence. It's impossible for this not to be true. So we all need to be the best person we can be to aid and to add to the overall departmental mission. Once we do that, we, we have a, a greater combined impact on the department, which spreads to the district. You know, and when I see a superintendent, an assistant superintendent up here, wanting to make sure that you know that they're proud of you, I think what, what flows down can also flow back up. And if you don't understand your degree of importance, if you think for whatever reason you're not significant, I want you to consider a puzzle. Anyone ever work puzzles? I, I do them, but not a lot of pieces because my mind doesn't stay focused all the time to do them more elaborate ones. But what I do know about a puzzle is this. The most insignificant piece to that puzzle is the most significant when I need it. If it says 500 pieces on that puzzle, is it complete if it has 499? Of course not. 
it's only completed when it has all 500. So it might be that one piece that's in the middle that helps finish the tree. It could be the smallest piece on the box. But until that piece is found and inserted where it needs to be, it's not going to do what it needs to do. So every piece, regardless whether you consider yourself significant or insignificant, you are significant. We are significant. And the sooner I understand that significance and then do the best I can to become even extraordinary, then I start affecting the team. Now, some of you may say that, you know, together everyone adds merit. What about the person who doesn't agree? The person who is what I call um, uh, misery loves company. Ever hear that before? Right? That's not exactly true. Misery loves miserable company. They just don't like any old company. Trust me. I try to be as positive as I can possibly be as often as I possibly can be. How long do you think a miserable person is going to want to hang out with a guy like me? Not very long. First of all, I don't cosign BS. And I understand the difference between sympathy and empathy. I rarely show sympathy unless you're a true victim. But I try to find empathy so I can come to an understanding. But, but miserable people, they don't want empathy. They want sympathy. They want you to co-sign what they're doing so they don't have to be miserable alone. So when I say together, everyone adds merit, it's together means that everyone is on the page, or as I like to say, we're coloring with the same color crayon um, at the same time. And again, understand for the team to be great, the we needs to be great. For the we to be great, each person in this room needs the best to be the best version of their me. And then finally, as far as the points I, I discussed with, uh, with Bruce and, and Mike, um, is, is a rising tide lifts all boats. I actually heard this at an at a in-service in Clovis, California, I think back in 2005, 2006. You know, and it's just one of those phrases you hear, and it intrigues you so much because you want to see how it applies to your life. I'm, I'm that way. I love words. I love to be challenged. I love to adopt concepts and things into my life and sort of like sharpen the saw, right? Who, who likes to work with a dull saw? I don't, and I don't think you do either. So I got to constantly sharpen the saw as I use it, and it's these types of phrases that, that helps me do that. So in nature, the phrase is actually very obvious. Picture a, a harbor of boats, right? San Diego, Balboa, whatever, Newport Harbor. Picture a bunch of boats in the ocean. What happens when the tide comes in? All boats rise. If it's a boat, it's rising. It doesn't have a choice whether or not to rise. It does have a choice whether or not to be a boat, and be in that water, but once it's decided it is a boat and it is in that water, nature says that you will rise. And, and I love that phrase, and even though it was meant as an uh, economic 
notion or an economic thought, how well does that extrapolate to me in my life? I want to be the best possible boat because I want to rise when the tide comes in. And, and, in, and in the workplace here at Hemet, uh, the same is true. Quite simply, a rising tide elevates. It causes those in her wake to be lifted. And uh, about 18 months ago, I took a, a position with uh, Discover Bank, and I'm a uh, customer service and, uh, and quality trainer. Um, now, in my final interview uh, for this particular uh, opportunity and position, they, they asked me, they said, why should Discover hire you? And I told them, I said, I, I elevate the room. That was my response. And they sort of looked at me inquisitively and said, explain, what, what, what do you mean by that? You elevate a room. And understand this is not arrogance, it's confidence. And it's really a personal position that I decided to take a long time ago. And it's really based on what I want for me in my life and understanding scientific principles that I know when I do it right, these things will happen to me and for me. Now, I know that in this room, I just don't know who you are, there's scoffers, there's naysayers, and they're saying, nah, I'm not buying all of this, right? And you can do that, and, and it doesn't make anything that I say less true or less valid, right? I hope eventually you come on board because you'll be happier and so will everyone else around you. Every one of us, I believe an overwhelming majority of us, when given the choice, would use happiness over sadness. Wouldn't we? It's hard to continually stay upset. It's not easy. It takes effort. Being happy, for the most part, is easy. I just sort of let things go, and I understand. I deal with what I need to deal with. I control the controllables so the uncontrollables don't control me. But I think most people want to be happy. Most people would like to learn how to be a difference maker, whether it's here at work or whether it's at home. And when we decide that we're gonna do that, once again, the me becomes the we. And I guarantee you, a low-performing me means that there's a low-performing we. Now, when I consider probably the most important and significant relationships in my life, um, both personal and professional, there's, a, there's an interdependence that requires all components to be connected and going in the same direction at the same time for maximum effectiveness to occur. That's just a rule that I learned. There is an interdependence because no man is an island unto himself. There's not a driver in here. And again, my hat's off to you on what you do day in and day out. But not any of you drivers would do well on your own without being able to communicate with dispatch, 
without knowing that the mechanics have performed a proper inspection on that vehicle to make sure that it's roadworthy, to make sure that the pre-trip inspection was done so when you go walk around your bus, there's nothing wrong where you gotta keep it in the yard and get a sub bus so you can go do your route and now you're 10 minutes late, right? Every one of those is interdependent. And Eddie and I were talking last night, and I know with certain drivers, you know, I know everyone likes to be plus or minus three minutes. That was always the goal with routing software to help make the routes and design the routes to, to have that degree of consistency. But sometimes with, with your special needs drivers, right, that can be a logistical challenge because of some of the natural opportunities that you have with that rider or that rider's guardian or parent. And, and I know that Eddie was saying, you know what? I always love to hear from a driver when they know they're going to be running a few minutes late because then I can contact the parent or the guardian and say, hey, by the way, your drivers ran into an, a challenge earlier. They're going to be running about five or seven minutes late. There's that in, interdependence going to work, right? Or, or when you as a driver, you hear something going on with your bus and you're not sure what it is, but you're not sure if it's safe. So when you roll that bus back into the yard, you make sure your supervisor or that mechanic understands it so they can get it roadworthy and ready for tomorrow so you can roll out of the yard after you do your pre-trip inspection. Again, interdependence. Everyone going in the same direction at the same time to help ensure maximum effectiveness. Now, I believe this to be a true statement because I know enough about this district over the years coming and visiting Mike and um, the strength of Hemet Transportation is that it is an interdependent system that requires every person in every department knowing that the me must be activated for the personal power to elevate the personal performance going from ordinary to extraordinary as it is the personal responsibility that I have to the we. Hemet transportation is not like a new furnace or a furnace that needs new employees to keep it going. The new employee, the new hires, and the list was great, so welcome aboard. Um, Hopefully you'll enjoy the people and everything around before you understand some of the real challenges with the job and you stay. But it, it doesn't need new hires to keep it going. They're not the most important person in the room. You know who the most important person in the room is? You who are already here. Because if for you who are already here, if you're not doing everything you can to elevate who you are and the influence you have, what is the new hire going to do? How successful are they going to be? So your obligation to the me, especially with these new hires in the room, is to make sure that they can do the best they can for themselves because you understand the importance of the team concept and the desire to be a team member. You know, when we, when we talk about ordinary to the extraordinary, and I'm so glad Mike let me know he wanted me to incorporate in this. Do you know, sometimes when we say the word extraordinary, it almost sounds like there's an O-R in there, or an R-O, extraordinary. 
denarii, or T-O-R. It actually is a compound word without a hyphen. It's extraordinary, which I really liked. I hadn't really thought about that before because I always usually say it extraordinary. But I love the fact that it's extraordinary. It's that person who is going the extra mile because they're committed to being the best possible version of who they are because they know how it impacts everything and everyone else around them. You know, and that's really the difference between standards and convictions. A standard is doing something because it's expected of you. A conviction is something that you do because it's who you are. The best illustration of this example is the Chinese bamboo tree. Because understand what I'm talking about today takes time. It, it's not a quick fix. It's, it's not something that you'll knock out overnight. Some of you are already doing many of these things, so good for you. Some of you could probably teach me some of these things, so we probably need to talk there as well. But the Chinese bamboo tree is one of the greatest illustrations of, of growth and strength. The Chinese bamboo tree when seeded and watered and fertilized over the course of one year, nothing happens. Absolutely nothing. Nothing to the, to the naked or human eye is happening at all. Then year two and year three, it's watered, it's cultivated. Nothing you can see is happening in year two or three. Same thing with year four. But somewhere along year five, the Chinese bamboo tree grows 90 feet in 60 days. That's remarkable. 90 feet in 60 days. So the question is, did it grow 90 feet in 60 days or did it grow 90 feet in five years? And the answer is really simple. It grew 90 feet in five years, right? So here's what is extraordinary about that bamboo tree who took so long to cultivate and to grow. Because you have to understand the root system. Just because nothing was popping up didn't mean something wasn't happening. If you've ever seen a typhoon, which is an Asian version of a hurricane, the, the bamboo tree is one of the only things left standing. The only thing. Because of what it's developed over time, it's become resilient to the most fierce weather on the planet. So if we could bring up that slide now, uh, that'll be great. Um, I think I have to read it this way. Maybe not. Um, a, 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 number, a number of years ago, I, I developed something for Casco, Casto chapter one, and it was called um, uh, Remaining Positive in a Negative World. And so here are some things that I do every day, because again, good is the enemy of best. And why would I settle for this piece of pie when I can have the whole pie? And having the whole pie doesn't mean I take your piece because you can have your whole pie as well. Almost everything I do, I do on purpose. It's by design. Here are some of the things that I do on a daily basis and I'll run through these and then we're going to close and let you get on to the rest of your day. Start each day with a positive 
affirmation of who you are as an individual. Did you know that self-talk is the most powerful talk on the planet? As a, as a life coach and a recovery coach, I go to prisons, institutions, hospitals. I help people reinvent themselves. One of the first things I have to do with them is have them refer to themselves differently. Because as long as you don't think you are somebody, no matter what you do, you're never going to be anybody. But when you understand your greatness and your value, things can begin to change. And I love what John Maxwell says. He says, if there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. There's hope in the future, there's power in the present. Whether you think you have power or not does not mean you don't have power. It just means that you haven't accepted it yet and chosen to activate it. Then I do believe that this is an internal position that must be taken and should be separated from our external environment. In other words, don't allow what's going on out there to affect who I am in here. I love this, perform a checkup from the neck up, right? We were chatting last night and you might wanna write this down real quick or remember it, message me and I'll give it to you. It's called HALT. When I do a checkup from the neck up in the course of my day, if I feel myself going a little sideways, I look at four areas, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Usually one of or all of those components are contributors to me allowing what's going on outside of me to affect my decision that I've made inside of me, right? So the next one, I develop a periodic routine of re-examining where I'm at emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and even physically throughout the course of my day. I'm my own barometer. It's like someone who has diabetes, they regularly need to check their, their blood sugar level. That's what I do. And I hope you do that as well because your roles and position actually require you to do it a lot more than I need to do it. Become what I call a, a pre-active person. And Mike, I'm going to send you some, some information on that preactive person. There's reactive, there's proactive, and there's preactive. And preactive is a whole other domain of thinking, uh, which is a, 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 an extraordinary phrase that I heard a long time ago. Be aware of who your, your, your regular people are, or what I call the miserable people. Know who they are, because they're out to get you miserable. Because misery loves miserable company. True that. So make it a point of helping someone else having a great day. Getting out of me can turn my whole day around. Always know that there is even a more negative waiting for you if you choose not to get on the positive. And then finally, become known as a person who is always positive and one who chooses to look on the bright side of even some difficult circumstances. And I think if we, if we do these things, the, the end result is the best version of me possible. And I know when people see me performing at my best for me and they understand how I care about the we, teamwork is a natural progression for that. And, and the person, situation, or opportunity always will go from the ordinary to the extraordinary. So I do want to thank you for your time today, and I hope... Uh
I hope you enjoy everything. Yeah, and, and, and as a caveat to that real quick, um, for that listed on there, I actually brought um, a number of them that uh, Kim and, and the staff is gonna make sure they're little handout cards for you to take with you, put them on your visor, on your bus, whatever. Keep those things in front of you so we have that reminder uh, that we need. So thank you again. Thank you, Robert.